0: You're listening to Lucy Kellaway's podcast from the Financial Times.
1: The interviewer leant across the table. Didn't you Google Sir Alan? He asked incredulously. Trey Azam, the impudent, long-faced candidate on The Apprentice, the popular BBC television show designed to find Sir Alan Sugar's next business apprentice, suddenly looked defeated. No, I didn't, he admitted. Not as such. Over 11 episodes, Trey had succeeded at tasks including selling sexy photographs of fish and designing products for dogs. But on week 11, he failed the most basic rule of job interviews and was fired from the programme. In reality, as well as on reality television, googling has become such a commonplace part of hiring and firing that anyone who doesn't do it is either complacent, foolish or both. Keen candidates not only Google the prospective employer, but they also Google themselves to see what the other side will have unearthed. All this Googling can be a time-consuming and unrewarding business. I've just Googled Sir Alan and found out many things I knew already. I've waded through scores of averagely diverting blogs and discovered nothing much. The only revelation was that for just $71, you can buy a desk toy in his image that says at the touch of a button, you're fired. I've also Googled myself, which was even more disheartening. I found a few links to past articles and some biographical details. There were disappointingly few mentions of me on other people's blogs, but this may have been just as well. Lucy Kellaway fundamentally doesn't understand human relationships, said one. And another, I hate Lucy Kellaway with a wild, unholy passion, as would anyone who had read her horrible, horrible novel, Who Moved My Blackberry. In neither investigation did I stumble on any embarrassing secrets. I can't speak for Sir Allan, but in my case, that may be because I committed most of my misdemeanours before the Internet was invented. For almost everyone under 25, this isn't the case. The Internet is riddled with steamy details of their sex lives, drug habits, political views and so on. Students may love sharing secrets now. The question is whether they will want to be quite so open with future employers. In the latest Harvard Business Review, there is a case study of a 30-year-old American woman interviewed for a job opening in a store in China. She seems just the thing, until someone in human resources Googles her and finds she was involved in protests against the World Trade Organization and against China's record on human rights eight years earlier. Should she still be hired? Four experts were asked by HBR. Two said yes, two said no. It's tempting to conclude that mass Googling has made things worse for everyone in the job market. For employees, it means no privacy and no escape from the embarrassments of the past. For employers, it means worrying not just about their own reputations, but about the reputation of every person they hire. Worst of all, it means the wrong people get the jobs. Suppose a company finds something dodgy on the internet about a candidate. The obvious thing would be to confront them about it in an interview. Yet few companies dare do this for fear of being sued for discrimination. Instead, they say no thanks and hire someone who looks cleaner. This risk-averse policy is a shame. People with colourful pasts may turn out to be profitably colourful employees. Such caution cannot last. Soon, the teenagers who are blogging in their millions about their drunken exploits will join the job market, and companies refusing to take them will find it hard to find any recruits at all. Such employers will be putting themselves in a similar situation to the Clinton administration in the 1990s, when all job candidates were vetoed for either having an illegal nanny or for having inhaled. Eventually, companies will calm down because they will have no choice. In a decade, most new hires will have something embarrassing about them on the web, but so too will the new generation of HR managers. In 20 years' time, there will even be pictures of CEOs as teenagers, drunk and half-naked, dancing on tables posted on the Internet for anyone with a strong stomach to look at. In this new world without secrets, there will be grounds for cheer. It will be much harder to lie about yourself. Take last week's story of Patrick Impadelli. He resigned as a senior director of Intercontinental Hotels after it turned out that he didn't have the degrees he claimed to have. When everyone looks up everyone's CV, fantasy qualifications will be hard to sustain. There will always be a witness to the lie who will be able to post something on the internet saying, actually, I graduated that year at that college and you weren't there. A more unexpected effect of this mass Googling is that it will make executives' private lives more private than they are now. Any chief executive who has a gay lover or irregular sex life is currently treated to a wave of mock shock when details come trickling out. When we can see photos of almost everyone misbehaving in the past, we'll stop the pretend outrage over the present. The only people who will make us wonder will be another category of deviants, those that appear to be spotlessly clean.
0: Thank you for listening. To read Lucy Kellaway's columns online, please visit www.ft.com forward slash Kellaway. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.